Welcome to The No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. What is up, my friends? Episode 70 of The No with me, Nikki Spo. My C-section experience, some health complications, and ultimately a very, very happy ending. Man, I love that you guys are back. We are celebrating episode 70, and I can't even believe that I have 70 episodes out. Like, it's totally wild to me. So thank you so much for being here and for being interested in hearing about my C-section experience, which as many of my IG followers know, came after having two very smooth, very successful vaginal deliveries. So today I'm going to discuss why I chose to have a cesarean delivery, how I prepared for it, and how I felt about it going into it and how I felt about it now. So let's get started. Okay, so you know I am all about women making choices that are in their own best interest. I personally prefer vaginal deliveries, that's for me, and I'm so fortunate that I got to have two very smooth and successful vaginal deliveries with my boys. And just for a little more context, I was not induced with either of my sons. I had epidurals for both. My epidural did not work at all. for my firstborn, which was like, whoa, super painful. All the feels, definitely all the feels, but also like, whoa, I did that. Okay. Next, the epidural worked like a charm for my second. And I literally like pushed a little bit. I mean, I'm talking about like sneeze, a chew capacity and out he came into the world. And I actually have it on video of me saying to Eric, wow, that was really easy. I could do that again. To which he laughed and was like, yeah, slow down. We have two now. Just take, slow down, slow down. Right. Okay. But it was great fun. I had, um, you know, I had a few superficial stitches in a very, but I, you know, the, the recovery was actually very easy, um, in terms of, you know, like the down there situation, we were all fit and healthy, all good. And just for, for the record in episode 52, what I learned about giving birth. I talked about some laboring lessons that I learned, like specifically how to push, which I truly believe like made all the difference in, in those experiences. So why then if I had two great vaginal deliveries and I'm for vaginal deliveries personally, did I elect to have a cesarean? Well, my decision was prompted by a health condition that I developed. It's called cholestasis of pregnancy. Well, what the heck is that? I had no idea. And in case you don't have any idea either, I'm going to read this blurb from Mayo Clinic, which explains it better than I would. My explanation is much more harsh and horrifying. So, all right, here we go. Cholestasis of pregnancy, according to Mayo Clinic. Complications from cholestasis of pregnancy may occur in the mom or the developing baby. In mom's The condition may temporarily affect the way the body absorbs fat. Poor absorption of fat could result in decreased levels of vitamin K-dependent factors involved with blood clotting, but this complication is rare and future liver problems are uncommon. In babies, okay, the complications of cholestasis if pregnancy can be severe. They may include one- being born too early, preterm birth, two, 
lung problems from breathing in meconium, the sticky green substance that normally collects in the developing baby's intestines, but which may pass into the amniotic fluid if a mom has cholestasis. And three, death of the baby late in pregnancy before delivery, also known as stillbirth. Because complications can be very dangerous for your baby, your doctor may consider inducing labor before your due date. Um, hold the phone. Scary as fuck. According to Mayo Clinic, the prevention, there is no known way to prevent cholestasis of pregnancy. Okay, I need to take a breath. You might be wondering how we figured this out. You know, how? How? You know how? (laughs) Itching. That, my friends, mamas, expecting moms, itching. That is the symptom, extreme itching. So I went into my doctor for my usual checkup. He asked how I was doing and, you know, I get along with him really well and I wasn't considering telling him all this because it all felt very normal to me. But I said, well, you know, doc, I'm a lot bigger this pregnancy than I was with the boys and it's hot as hell outside and I'm super hot and uncomfortable and I must be getting stretch marks because my belly is just so itchy and hello, itchy growing belly must mean stretch marks, right? So I'm just like oiling up my belly all day long so I can try not to get these stretch marks. But yeah, generally I'm good, doc, thanks. (laughs) He's like itching, like itching a lot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you know what? It's those stretch marks for sure. He's like, yeah, hmm. I don't think that's what it is. So I'm going to run some labs on your blood and we'll just make sure. And honestly, thank goodness I told him because I truly did not think anything about it. I was just like, I'm itchy. Like my tummy's itchy. My arms are a little itchy. My legs are a little itchy because it must be because I'm so big this time. Uh, no, I wasn't even going to tell him because it was not really on my radar of something to look out for. I legit thought I was just bigger and every pregnancy is different which clearly they are because I, sure enough, my labs came back and I had cholestasis of pregnancy. Okay. I pride myself on not being a Google doctor, but seeing stillbirth on that list sent me on a panic. My doctor, Dr. Peter Kamvangza assured me that we had caught it early and the best thing I did was bring it to his attention and we were going to monitor my baby, the placenta and the amniotic fluid aggressively so that we could take our baby as far along as we could, but not beyond 37 weeks. I thought to myself, okay, my firstborn was born at 37 weeks. This will be okay. We can do this. I had to take a steroid to help my baby girl's lungs develop in case we had to go sooner. Um, And then my doctor began to explain our options for delivery. So because my doctor knew how important vaginal deliveries were for me, he did offer me an induction. Now, my main thing about being induced is basically that I don't fuck with Pitocin, okay? I don't think it's good. I think it negatively impacts the birthing process. And I think that like early inductions oftentimes lead to emergency C-sections. I'm not saying that that is the case all the time, but like based on the research that I've done, like that is very common. These are my beliefs and I'm sure there's some data out there to back it up to an extent. But again, these are just my personal beliefs. That considered, I knew for a fact that I did not want to be induced. But wasn't my firstborn born at 37 weeks? Yeah. But 
my water had broken naturally, right? It had taken me a while, sure, to go go fully into labor, but on some level, my body was like, "Yeah, okay, we're doing this now. Your water broke. Like we're gonna we're gonna start now." Um, that would not likely be the case with this pregnancy, you know, like. I might not go just naturally go into labor at 37 weeks or sooner. You know, that's at least what you hope you hope that you don't. Um, in that case, we would be pushing pitocin on a body and a baby that thinks it's still trying to stay inside, which is where my my personal beliefs come into play. So my doctor, knowing what he knows about me, um, offered me the option of a cesarean. I was annoyed because I didn't want to have a C-section. Um, but I prayed on it and I made lists of pros and cons. And ultimately I decided that under these particular health related circumstances, I wanted to go into my daughter's birth plan as prepared as possible. And so I mentally and emotionally prepared to have a C-section. Pause for a moment. I cannot say this from experience, but I have had enough friends who have gone into emergency cesareans after really wanting to have vaginal deliveries who had horrifying stories and still recall the traumatic energy of the experience. Knowing that and hearing those stories, I really wanted to prep for what I could. So like I said, I prepped. I researched everything I could about cesareans, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the hopeful. I bought all the C-section recovery products, the support girdles, disposable undies, perinatal bottles, silicone strips for the scar, I enlisted extra help from my nanny. God bless her. She's an angel in my life to help me with the boys and also the baby. I I talked to Dr. Kambangza on the regular and he answered all of my questions with patience, with care, and with consideration. And probably the most fun part, I prepared a playlist, right? I made a playlist. I literally curated the entire playlist from the moment my eyes would open that morning to what I would listen to while I showered and dried my hair and applied my natural pretty makeup, which by the way, that song was bitch don't kill my vibe, bitch don't kill my vibe. Hello, my stage moment was forthcoming and I wanted to look beautiful and I wanted the vibes to be right, okay? To what I listened to in the car on the way to the hospital, which was, by the way, Jay-Z, Big Pimpin', and Beyonce from her new album, Alien Superstar. I wanted to know what would be playing in my pre-op, which I played the first Wives Club, You Don't Own Me. All right, that was a little off-key, but we'll move on. What I would listen to while I was getting my spinal tap, which sucks, and I'm going to tell you about that later. I listened to Foo Fighters, Best of You. I wanted to know what I would be listening to as they prepped for the surgery. I planned on listening to Elton John, I'm Still Standing. What I would listen to while I was being cut open, sorry, I listened to The Eagles, Witchy Woman. What I would listen to while my girl came into the world, Gigi D'Agostino, L'Amour Toujours. What I would listen to as I held her, Stina Nordenstam, Little Star from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. And finally, what I would listen to, I was being sewn up, which was Beyonce, who run the world, girls. Yes. Okay. It might be hard to imagine, but I was literally fist pumping, like, and vibing out throughout my entire surgery. I was happy as fuck. To be honest, the grossest part was the spinal tap for me, for which I almost passed out because needles make me queasy. And that one lasts a long time and it burns. I thought I was going to pass out 
for reals. And then I was good, chilling, positive, powerful, safe, secure, and excited as hell to meet my girl. But a note on the difference between the epidural and the spinal tap, in my opinion. So for the epidural, they actually hook you up and they give you like a a little anesthesia poke in your back. They're like, here's some anesthesia for this big ass needle that we're going to inject into your spine. Right? So like once you get the annoying, it's like just this like annoying little pinchy, burny anesthesia needle. Then you get your epidural, which just really doesn't really hurt. It just feels like pressure. Whereas for the C-section, the spinal tap, it's like you can feel the whole thing. It lasts for like 45 seconds, which feels like two hours and it burns the entire time. And I'm thinking needle in my back, needle in my back, needle in my back. I'm going to pass out. I thank goodness I did not pass out. And I eventually did come to feel to that, like come to that positive, powerful, safe, secure, and excited space. But that was like the moment for me that was like the most difficult. So I didn't expect to want a clear drape. So they offer you these clear drapes. Like before, back in the day, I guess they used to like cover you completely. You could see nothing that was going on down there. And then they like brought your baby around. Now they have like a clear drape where you can like legit see your child being brought out of your tummy. So I didn't expect to want that. I But I wound up requesting one and I watched my baby girl come into the world while Gigi Diagostino saying, you'll be my baby and we'll fly away and I'll fly with you. As my doctor and the entire medical team held her up to me, they exclaimed all at the same time, here's Ruby. It was the most amazing experience ever. And I like blew her little kisses through the drape. It was pretty freaking magical. It was perhaps one of the most magical moments of my life is birthing my daughter. Just after the year that I've had losing my mom, I feel like this was meant to be that I was meant to have this girl come into my world and I get to raise her. And it's a huge responsibility. And I take, I think it's a huge responsibility to raise boys too. You know, we're bringing up the next generation of great, good men, right? And we're teaching our girls to be strong and capable and all of the, all of the magical things that they are. So, you know, it was perhaps one of the most magical experiences of my life. And that's why I say, what I always say is that all births are natural. Some people are really uncomfortable with the word vagina. So I like, you know, (laughs) People are like, did you have a natural birth or a cesarean? I'm like, I had a vaginal birth because she came through my vagina. Or he, in my case, like both my boys came through my vagina. But all in my mind, like all births are natural. They're all bringing a baby into this world. And, and so I don't really care if you're uncomfortable with the word vagina. I'm still going to use it. I had a vaginal delivery with my boys and I had a cesarean with my girl and they were all natural. Okay. Now, currently, like, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm like legit high off of the endorphins of this memory. (laughs) But now let's bounce over to the recovery aspect of the whole thing. Recovery for me so far has been really great. I did exactly what the doctors told me to do. Like, I feel like I'm a very good student in life. Like if you give me direction, I can follow it pretty well. Um, I walked the first day and which was so sweet. My son's Both of the boys came to the hospital and they held my hands as I walked down the hall and they asked about mommy's boo-boo and said, mommy, you're strong. You can do it. That's what you tell us all the time while they held my hands walking down the hospital hallway. It was just the sweetest thing ever. You know, I took my meds 
um, exactly as prescribed. I took my meds to go to the bathroom, which was a breeze. Thank goodness. I showered and dried with my cozy towel that I brought from home. Um, and if you, in case you don't know, the towels at the hospitals are tiny, tiny, tiny. They're for the babies almost. Like they're not for adult humans. So bring your own towel. I'm just telling you. Okay. Um, my husband brought me the healthiest meals, which I had requested from him while my friends brought me the spicy rigatoni and the diet Cokes, which was just what I wanted from them. Uh, as I got home, I took it easy. I rested as much as possible. I tended to my wound and I did not overexert myself, but I did walk. I did get up to get my own water bottle, my own coffee. I made the effort every day to move. I held my baby girl. I, I played with my children even while sitting in a comfy chair. I laughed with them. After about a week, I began to walk outside. I wore and I continued to wear my faha every day, which has helped my back feel supported, but also like my belly less heavy. So listen, after you have a baby, like the jelly donut vibes in your tummy, they are they are there whether you have a vaginal or cesarean delivery, okay? So supporting my new deflated belly has been so helpful. I am really proud of my decision to have a C-section. Sure, I have a scar, but I had the time of my life in that surgical room. I might dare to compare it to being high, but like a healthy high, you know, one without alcohol or party drugs. The very special, unique, magical high that comes from bringing another life into this world. I honestly, I don't have much advice other than to try to prepare yourself for every scenario so that you are less caught off guard if things don't go as you wanted them to. Once I had prayed and journaled and really given this choice some thought, I was all in. I was okay with the cesarean, but I have to say that even with my vaginal deliveries, I knew that a cesarean would always be an option, which is why I armed myself with information even from then what drugs I would be willing to take versus not take based on reliable facts and research. Also knowing that if I had to have a C-section, I would mentally and emotionally be prepared for that too. I always say that the work is worth it. And in this situation, it rings true for me yet again. You guys, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my delivery story. If you are expecting or you have a loved one, who is, I am sending you so much love and you should definitely send them this episode, okay? Don't forget to leave a comment or a review so I know that this hits for you. Thanks for being a part of my crew, my truth speakers. I love knowing myself with all of you and I hope that you feel that deep sense of inner knowing too. Over and out. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams.